Welcome to Batcast 66. It's the podcast where we watch an episode of the 1966 Batman television show and then talk about it. Uh, I'm Kendall. I'm Scott. Today we're talking about episode 20, Better Luck Next Time. It's the second part of our introductory Catwoman episode. When last we left Batman, he was uh, about to face off with a tiger. So I assume... Or rather, I assumed, I've already watched the episode since last Ooh. week, that uh, he's going to be ripped to shreds. Yeah. Uh, so this is like a real tiger on a real like stunt person with Batman. Like, he should be dead. Yeah, it was pretty... Uh, it was a pretty close fight, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, that tiger has to be declawed or something, which is obviously a very cruel practice you do to cats. But that's the only yeah, way that not that... Very yeah, that's the only way that that uh, scene could have been shot, because that person would have been dead, even accidentally. Yeah, although I feel like people who, like, tame tigers and lions, they mess with them pretty... <laughs> Sorry, I have my own cat here. Yeah. Get out of here. My cats aren't allowed in the room where I record because they'd smash everything to bits constantly. <laughs> she was trying to. So yeah. Did you have any uh thoughts going into this episode? Well, one, I was surprised to see someone wrestle with a real tiger. I thought it was gonna do the whole like cutting around like footage of a tiger about to leap and like Batman jumping out of the way. Um, just from a technical standpoint, that's what I was expecting. So I was a little surprised with how it started. Yeah, it did start pretty action-packed. Maybe the most action-packed opening we've had. I would say probably, yeah, I, I would argue that. Like, a lot of episodes start with, like, attention, usually like, oh, I'm tied up on the train tracks and a train's coming, you know? It's a different kind of action, but... uh. Yeah, I would say this is the most action-packed opening we've had thus far. <laughs> Did you um figure out how Batman was going to defeat this tiger? Did you see that? I, I had no idea, but I was very excited to see the the first tool he brought out. Batman uses a lot of gadgets this uh, this I guess in the front half of this episode. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah. yeah. Like bat ninja climbing claws and gets up on the walls. Yeah, that was. They pulled those cool. out. I thought they were like pointed brass knuckles, and he was gonna start punching this thing. <laughs> that would have been pretty brutal. I'm glad that's not how it went down. Yeah, I'm glad it's not how it went down either. Uh yeah. So Batman climbs out of the tiger's reach, and Catwoman from. A different part of her lair is taunting him on a two-way speaker, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, she thinks that was the first episode she's watching them on, like, a closed-circuit television. Yeah. And they're able to, like, communicate back and forth. Yeah. So uh, Batman informs Catwoman that uh, owning cats is a big responsibility. Because I feel like she let on that she hasn't fed her pet tiger yet. Yeah, so that way it would eat Batman. While clung to the wall, Batman decides to reverse the polarity of his communicator. Yeah, it says some te uh, techno babble. Yeah, I I love, I feel like in the 60s, everyone was reversing the polarity of something. Yeah, holy polarity. Yeah. Um, it is funny because he has to put him in his like Batman his bat earplugs first. Yes, because he's gonna crank the decibels up. Yeah. To uh frequency that the narrator says uh would split the tiger's skull. I guess that's I think, not literal. I, I think they mean like a headache and would just drive yeah. him away from Batman. Uh so that's exactly what he does. Um the tiger submits it goes to the corner and lays down it can't can't bear the noise 
And then, yeah, Batman uses the left door this time, which was the right door. Yes, yes. If you recall last week, there was yeah. a whole little bit of trickery going on. Uh, <clears throat> the left door leads to a series of catacombs inside this fur company. Oh, man, catacombs there because the cat pun. I was just like, oh, she's got some sort of weird maze. But yeah, of course yeah. it would be catacombs. Of course. <laughs> uh, Batman marks his way by putting like a sparkly version of his insignia yeah. like on the wall to know that he's been there before. His bat decals. I mean, that's pretty smart. Ah, definitely. I just thought it was... It's silly looking. Yeah, pretty fantastical looking. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Catwoman has Robin in her lair. He's Felix and Leo are holding him, stopping him from doing anything to either help Batman or stop them. Yeah. Robin lets on that he and Batman believe she's going after the what was this guy's name? Mark Andrews? Mark Anders? Something like that. Oh, yeah, his, like, collection. Yeah, and Catwoman laughs that off and says that Batman and Robin are racing up the wrong alley. Mm-hmm. Like Alley Cat. Loved it. <laughs> uh, back in the catacombs, Batman's just going in circles. I wonder how... Catwoman built this whole lair. So there has to be an organized like lair, like criminal lair building like business community in Gotham. Because obviously there's a huge demand for it. Yeah. As soon as all of these people become like active, they have like themed lairs. So I wonder if there's like some prefab stuff that they can do. Uh, like, so, like, the structures are already kind of put together, and then they can kind of, like, hey, here's a bunch of hats for, like, Mad Hatter, and, like, here's a bunch of clown crap for the Joker that you can kind of put into it. Dang, I would love to I was about to say, story. so everyone always kind of has the Batman story that they would write if they got a chance to write the comics, and I never really had one. I think this might be my one. I mean, that's a, a great story. You might want to just... Uh, we might need to edit We this delete out. this from the episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remind me to uh, go into my She-Hulk story. Yeah. After we stop recording. Yeah. Because it's been growing in my brain. Yeah, I think you talked to me a little bit about it off mic, but we'll save that for future stuff. Oh, well, this is getting cut out. Oh, you don't have to cut out my part. Oh, no? You can leave, you you can leave in the part where it's like, oh, yeah, we should cut that out. But <laughs> uh, Catwoman ties Robin up to a plank that is connected to this crazy, like, turkey baster full of sand. Well, first they're, like, weighing him and going over his weight and stuff. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah, well, they're going to feed him to the cat, so I guess they got to make sure he's... No, because the contraption they're having him hooked up to is, like, weight-based. Because, like, that turkey baster of sand, once it starts going, like, is going to, like, counterbalance his weight. Or not count, like, uncounterbalance his weight, so he falls into the cat pit. Or the tiger pit, rather. Seems like, uh... It seems like they could have just thrown him in there. Yeah, it's a lot of work. The very Batman like Doctor makes... Evil scheme. Oh. Say that again. Like a very Doctor Evil death trap. Yes. Batman, who's just getting lost in the catacombs. I don't remember. Does he hear them, or how does he find his way? He just does. I think he just does eventually. Yeah. Because he knows where he's been, he doesn't have to like keep backtracking. Yeah, well, either way, he finds a barred opening and he can see 
Robin and the goons all time. Yeah, does, he winds up above them, right? Yes. Yeah. So he removes the bars from the opening and throws his bat rope around uh like support beam. And this is pretty cool. I feel like we don't really get to see like this version of Batman swinging swinging around like we do in the comics or the animated series. Yeah, for, so for obvious reasons. Like, yeah, so it's at least not something associated with him, but I have been surprised on this rewatch just how many times he does like do like cool swooping down things. Because he's done that a few times now. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's always like a cool step yeah. when it happens. But yeah, it happens. A lot of, like, excitement and production value for relatively not a crazy stunt, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I feel like we take it for granted now just because we're so, there's been so much Batman media and he's always yeah. swinging around somewhere. But this version, not that it never happens, but it's held back a lot more. Yeah. But like, it's not a problem with this one because of the the tone and the way the show's kind of established. Yeah, not not saying it's a problem. I I yeah. think it makes those scenes when it does happen more dy- dynamic. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not just something that happens every time he leaves the commissioner's office. Yeah, I mean, this Batman doesn't have a grappling hook. No, I mean, like he uses the bat rope. Yeah, I mean, he sort of does, because, like, technically the batarang or whatever at the end of it is a grappling hook, but it's not like that, you know, like a hook shot like he has, where it, like, launches out and sucks you in. Well, didn't he have one during the second Riddler episode? Did he? I don't remember then. Like, I feel like it was at the end of the first part of that second Riddler story. Him and Robin are, like, running up to the outside of like the abandoned electrical plant or something and batman i remember it because batman was conspicuously like holding his cape closed yeah i remember that maybe he does i just know that they usually show him like with the bat rope like and like he throws it yeah i mean i think that's usually all they need yeah he has a lot of gadgets yeah he gets all these wonderful toys. Uh, so yeah, Batman saves Robin. And uh, we get a fight coming. What's that? So I didn't see that coming. Yeah, well, neither did, did the bad guys, because they didn't stick around to watch Batman get eaten by a tiger. I guess Catwoman told them to do other things, so they have to. Yeah, and she said she doesn't like the sight of blood. No wonder she doesn't feed her cats. So yeah, we get a a fight scene. It's pretty cool. It's all right. I would be so afraid to fight around this tiger pit. The whole time I'm like, oh my God, someone's going to go over that railing. Well, yeah, they're trying to, that's like one of the big like set pieces. They're like trying to throw Batman in there. Uh, Also, what the hell is up with this place? There's like swords hanging from the wall. Isn't it just an abandoned fur company? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's, I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. but It doesn't make any sense. So yeah, they're pulling like torches off the wall and medieval broadswords. Yeah, there's like like medieval torture devices and stuff, right? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. And I guess Catwoman's like really sadistic. She might be the most evil character we've seen so far. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, she didn't have to like kill Robin like this. I feel like you kill Batman and Robin's pretty worthless on his own. Yeah. And he's just a kid. Yeah. But like, yeah. it's funny that like she's like a cat burglar. That's the whole conceit of Catwoman. And she's like a James Bond villain in this. 
Yeah, I I like her a lot. Oh, I'm um, not saying I dislike her. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, I mean we'll say I guess we'll save our thoughts for the end. Yeah, sneak peek. Kendall's a fan. Uh, so yeah, after the fight, Felix is detained, but Leo gets away. Uh, and he links up with Catwoman, and the two of them go off searching for the the treasure of Captain Manx. Was your uh, links up supposed to be a cat pun, like L-Y-N-X? Oh, of course. I'm that <laughs> <player. laughs> So, before we get away from all the tigers and stuff, I'm shocked how abusive Catwoman is to all of the cats that she has. It definitely is different from how she's usually portrayed, right? Because, yeah, usually, like, even though she's a bad guy, she, like, loves cats and taking care of cats and stuff. And most other media. But she's, like, starving these tigers and, like, which are... And keeping them in, like, these, like, really tiny rooms and cages. Yeah, I feel like, uh... I, I don't know. Is... Was animal cruelty like a thing in the the sixties that people paid attention to? I mean, animal cruelty's always been a thing. Yeah, but was it like a, a cause that people rallied against the way? They I don't did know. I today? I honestly don't know. I probably assume it's at least less so than they do now. Like it is now. At the end of the credits, I didn't notice, like, you know, animals, no animals were harmed in the production of this, like, text, you know? Nice. Well, th- I mean, that's good. No, I'm saying I didn't notice that. Oh, you didn't notice that? Well, yeah. that's bad. Yeah. Yeah, I I wonder, because, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, certain big religions consider animals to just be soulless creatures here for human pleasure and nourishment yeah there's here for our our consumption and you know i wonder how long it took for at least in america for a for a pro pro animal organization to like kind of come forward let me um what did the ASCPA? Well, their website's just like donate to us. I wanted to see what like year they uh worked on it, but they're more more pets, I guess. Yeah, they were founded in 1866, so a hundred years before this show. Oh my god. I mean but that's like- cool. PETA wasn't formed until the eight nineteen eighty. Yeah, I wanted. I felt like PETA was like the eighties. I don't know why. Yeah, but you know, I guess I was right. Well, anyway, yeah, Batman or Catwoman rather is pretty, pretty rough with these animals. Yeah. Anything else to say about this area? No, we can move on. I mean, I've got stuff to say about the Tigers, but they'll come into effect later. Okay. Back at the Bat Cave, Robin has given Commissioner Gordon a call. And I couldn't help but take this line of Gordon's very, uh, in a very perverted manner. Oh. He says, I just returned from a late session at the mayor's office. He wants action fast. I didn't take it that way at all, but I can. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a creep, I guess. guess, Uh, But yeah, maybe, uh, maybe Gordon and the mayor are smooching. Who knows? Hey, good on them, as long as it's consensual. There is a power dynamic involved, though. So that's problematic. Yeah, definitely, but... I don't know. I think it's hard for... Uh, it's hard for us to hard judge. for folks to express themselves back, back in the yeah. day. 
Uh, Robin gives an update, lets the commissioner know that the cat statues were left behind, even though Catwoman has escaped. Yeah. And uh, I feel like Gordon thinks that that's enough to satiate the mayor, the mayor's need for action. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the ultimate goal is catching Catwoman. Yeah. After talking with the commissioner, Batman and Robin are analyzing these cat statues, you know, looking for hidden compartments. They don't find anything except that they notice that these two supposedly identical statues have like different markings. Mm -hmm. This prompts Batman to pull from his shelf of encyclopedias. His bat research shelf. Yeah, he picks up labeled. the history of Gotham City Volume 2, mm -hmm. which is a huge textbook. Yeah, and there's like five of them, and they're like all humongous. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not a, a publisher, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like those books are a bit unwieldy. Maybe. Maybe just make some smaller books and have it. I mean, they're they're made for like research, not like really like general public reading consumption. All right, I guess you're right. That's more like a thing for like libraries and stuff. Because if you go there, you can see like all of the humongous encyclopedias that they have if you go to the research section. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm thinking, I guess the only physical encyclopedia I remember using was... uh like Britannica back in the day. Yeah, those are more meant for like public, like, you know, private use, like like us as regular citizens rather than like people that are going to have to do like serious research. Gotcha. Well, anyway, he finds a map of uh, what Gotham City used to look like. I, I kind of wish they showed it to us. Yeah. I'm this sure they like, like plan it out or make it. Yeah, the whole this whole thing, like with the cats forming a map, like last episode, Catwoman made like an etching of the map. Yeah. Like we don't get to see any of it. Uh and I do think that's kind of a failing on the, the prop department. I guess, yeah. Or or not that it's the prop department's fault, but you could have had the prop department make something. I'm sure it wasn't a priority. Yeah, I, and I get why it's not, but it just feels awkward to me. Yeah, I get that. Uh, we cut to like an outdoor area. That woman who's been waiting, I guess next to her sports car, she has a pretty slick looking sports car. What kind of car do you think it is? It's got to be some sort of cat-related pun. I don't know. I don't know much about cars. Neither do I. But I know what I like. I didn't know if it was like a cat vertible or something. Oh, God. Yeah. I think, uh, don't, well, spoiler alert for the future. I feel like we get something like that. Yeah. In season three. Well, I know in general, like throughout the history of Batman, like all of his villains have gotten like themed vehicles, which is cool because then you can have like a Batmobile focused adventure. Uh, Leo pulls up in the Gato and Chat company van. And kind of gives Catwoman a little update. Because uh, I guess when she left, she thought everything was going perfectly. Get it? Perfectly? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, he lets her know Felix got caught. 
lets her know Batman and Robin is still alive. Uh, and that Batman took her cats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, the police got involved too, right? Because they had people to arrest. So Yeah, her, just, just Felix. So if her tigers were seized and she's fed them people, like they, they would be put down. Because once a wild animal like realizes how easy it is to kill and eat a person, like that's all that they do, and they're in extreme danger to everybody. Like that's what happens with bears. Like you can't just like you know you can't just tranquilize them and relocate them. Whoa, that's wild. Well, that's, yeah, so you know that's extremely negligent on Catwoman's part. If she, yeah. I guess she doesn't care about cats like that. I mean, she just gives away kittens as, like, clues. So... He throws her cat at people as attacks. <laughs> the best attack of them all. Yeah. But I I don't think we get, like, a confirmed that... I don't oh, think, yeah. like, people are the regular meal of those cats. Yeah. But the fact she's going to throw Batman and Robin to them and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, it seems almost like, I don't know. It seems bad no matter how you slice it. True, true. But I think, uh, like, they were there specifically to eat Batman and Robin, not just anyone. Yeah. I don't know. Just something I was thinking about, you know, when you have like these crazy villains and stuff, it's just like that's how it would work in the real world. Yeah, it is true. Like I like the idea of like Batman Robin and like his criminals having these like wild over the top stuff, and then the rest of the world like works like the real world does. It's like once the adventure's over, like like how the Dark Knight the Joker would have been sent to like Guantanamo Bay. Or probably given the death penalty for how many people like you would kill. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they wouldn't keep trying to rehabilitate him. Yeah, and I mean, if we're talking real world, yeah. yeah. Even if they did put him in a jail cell, yeah. Someone would kill the Joker. Yeah. There would at least be an attempt. Back at the Batcave, Batman figures out what Catwoman's up to. She's after this treasure from Captain Manx. Uh, Robin is holding this cat statue like really close to his face. Yeah. And if you remember last episode, they had sprayed the statue with a, a radioactive, like a light radioactive chemical. Yeah, so they could track it in the Batmobile. Yeah. And that gives Robin the idea to track Catwoman, who would have been... Touching it. Yeah, touching it, holding it for a long period of time, using the same batometer or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah. So yeah, Batman and Robin now figuring out how to track Catwoman because they put the statues in like a lead in the lead line trunk of the Batmobile so they don't mess up the, yeah. the tracking. They can keep um, their secrets from Superman in there too. Yes, yes. They uh they give they head out, give chase. Catwoman reveals that she's mined the road leading to the cave where the treasure is. Yeah. Which is kind of awesome. Uh, speaking that, of the treasure, she just found it. Yeah. They were, we cut to them in the cave and she just has it. I was like, oh, here it is. Seemed pretty easy. Seemed pretty rushed. Storytelling perspective. Yeah, I guess these just the nature of how the show airs they're pretty committed to just having two episode arcs yeah and to be fair i don't think i would want to see this one be like a three-parter 
Like, I don't need to see Catwoman, like, digging around a cave. So, I get it. This is also, like, a children's show from 60 years ago. Yeah, uh... I don't necessarily want to watch Catwoman dig, but I did think we were going to get some like Goonies-esque adventuring. I think with a different story, I'd appreciate that more. But with this one, like it's fine. Batman's got to go through on a mind-ridden path in the Batmobile, and it's a cool Batmobile action scene. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I'd rather get that. Batman and Robin, they've... Uh taking the time to put the bat armor on the Batmobile. It's nothing we see. It's just something they say. Yeah. Uh, but it allows the Batmobile to survive the mind blasts. Why wouldn't you always have that kind of armor on? Oh, maybe it cuts down your miles per gallon. Maybe. They don't use gas. Oh, that's right. Sucker's atomic. I guess it, it just needs some exposition why their car doesn't explode while all these explosions happen around them. Yeah, they do get a flat tire, though. Yeah, which I thought was pretty funny, because, like, the armor's not on, like, you couldn't armor the tires. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter, because uh, I didn't write the name of this gadget, but they have, like, an automatic flat tire repair system in the Batmobile. Which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and the Flat tire fills up. Come in. Getting some quesadillas. Quesadilla. Oh, baby. This is bad to watch. <laughs> what do you mean? You can't get off the floor to eat your quesadilla. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Excuse me, I need to cough on your face. How dare you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to eat a quesadilla. Go for it. We cut back to Catwoman and Leo, and Leo is so excited to split this treasure. Yeah, because there's less goons now. Yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, we're only splitting it two ways. This is great. And Calvin's like, yeah, two ways. And is being super obvious about what she's going to do. <laughs> uh, and what she does is gas him and leaves him in the cave. Yeah. I mean, she didn't use, I didn't think she was going to use her claws on her hand to slit his throat or anything. Not in this show. Yeah, this is a family program. Exactly. I mean, Batman and Robin are family crime fighters. Yeah, they are. They are kind of the first family. So what's like the legal status of a ward? It's not like the same as an adopted son, right? I don't think so. I think, like, I, I think it's just they, they weren't going to have, I think it's different enough. Like, back in the day, they're not going to be like, all right, and we'll give him this adopted son. Like, it just changes the tone of it. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, it seems to be the same thing. Oh, getting some static on the screen. Ooh, what happened? Oh, no. And you're frozen. I don't know. I'm moving on mine. Oh, there you are. There you are. You're moving. Okay. It was weird. Batman and Robin enter the caves and give chase to Catwoman. Oh, sorry. Real quick. I looked it up. A ward is a person or thing under guard, protection, or surveillance, such as a minor subject to wardship, a person who by reason of capacity such as 
minority or mental illness is under protection of a court. On, so that's what word of the state is. So basically, yeah, like, I guess Batman just kind of takes responsibility for Dick Grayson. Yeah, but like, isn't pretending to be his parent. Yeah. Yeah, the right of right to the custody of an infant heir to, of a feudal tenant over the heir's property. It's like, yeah, I guess he's, yeah, just, I guess for all intents and purposes, he has adopted him. Yeah, but it, I remember it was like a big deal in the comics. Because like Tim Drake was actually adopted. Yeah. By him. Uh, and then they quickly introduced Damien, which kind of left that storyline unexplored. Yeah. Yeah, because in the comics, I guess Dick Grayson was always a ward and not adopted, even though he was orphaned. Yeah. Like, he could have just adopted him. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like a thing of the times, like a single man... Yeah, doesn't adopt kids in this in the in the 30s, past forties, whenever the hell Robin showed up. Yeah, it was I think he had I think he was late thirties. Robin showed up. But yeah, Batman and Robin are chasing Catwoman through this cave system. And she reaches a huge chasm. And it looks like she's going to try to jump it. Yeah. And then she sort of does. Yeah, she almost makes it. She like latches on to the other wall. One thing, I don't know. Like, I get it. You want to make this jump and try to get away, but if Catwoman can make it carrying, like, a sack of gold doubloons and jewels, surely Batman can make it. Yeah. I thought about that, too, and I was also like, what are you going to do? You can't spend your money if you're dead. Well, she puts it all on the line. Yeah. She's clinging to the other side of the chasm. She can't quite pull herself up. But uh, Batman tells her, you just let go of that treasure, you can grab the bat rope and we'll pull you in. She doesn't do that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, here in her first appearance on the show, Catwoman falls to her death. Yeah, shocking. Or I guess her alleged death. Yeah, I was going to make a joke. I was like, hey, this is the last time we see Catwoman. You know, the movie must be a prequel. Maybe that's why there's another Eartha Kit becomes Catwoman. There's a new kind of person. There's this vacuum. That would be an interesting way to play this. Yeah. Obviously, we know Julie Newmar returns as Catwoman in later seasons. But it's it always funny whenever they try to play off, like, they do the villain dies at the end of the episode. Like, they did that right at the beginning with Riddler. But it's like, we, yeah. we know, like, I guess in the future, we know he's going to be back. When you were a kid, when this was happening, you wouldn't have known. I think it's always cool. You know, I it allows the the villain to kind of keep a certain level of dignity. You know, not saying everyone should fight to till their deaths on every issue, but the Riddler getting arrested is more humiliating than the Riddler maybe dying in a tunnel oh, collapse. Yeah. No, I get that. By the way, Dick Grayson first premiered in uh, 
Detective Comics 38, April 1940. So right at the beginning of the 40s. Yeah. So 1940, single men weren't just adopting children. And I know that was a whole thing was like, is Batman and Robin like a weird man boy love thing? Which partly like led to like the comics code authority and stuff, and then like kind of getting rid of Robin in the comics. Or at least you know, out of the Batman series. I think then he was in the Teen Titans. Yeah. Which it was dang, it's kind of interesting when you think about how that was a reaction to like the comics code and people saying all that shit about Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. But like what a huge part of growing the Dick Grayson character, you know? Yeah. Like so all the Robins have something interesting about them, but like I guess also the nature of Dick Grayson being around for so much longer than the others. Because like when it addition Todd didn't show up to like what the eighties. Like he he's he's had the most interesting arc. You know? For sure. Just on this page that I am, it's like first appearance as Robin, 1940. First appearance as Nightwing, 1984. First appearance as Batman, 1994. First appearance as Target, September 2001. First appearance as Agent 37, like 2014. Like he's had like kind of this crazy, like long and interesting career on his own, as well as being like Batman's like like most reliable partner. Yeah. And I I really like how Dick Grayson never wants to be Batman. Like, he will take up the mantle, but... Yeah, he wants to be his own thing. Yeah, which, like, lets him have... Like, how many identities did you just list off? Like, it lets him be kind of this malleable character. Have you been reading the current Nightwing comics? Uh, I have not. The current one? The current run's actually really cool. Because, so, he he doesn't have access to Bruce Wayne's money in it for contrived enough reasons. But because of that, like, he needs the, like, like, when he throws, like, you know, his his batons and stuff, like, he needs to go recover them because he can't just make more. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's really, really fun. And kind of explores, like, a Batman stuff from a different angle. He did just get his own Batmite, which is called Nightmite, and it should have been Mightwing. But that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but I don't know. It's 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 a lot of fun. He has a dog, like a, like a three legged dog, that he takes care of. I don't know. Oh, that's cool. It's 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 fun. Like in the way that like superhero comics should be, and I feel like Batman comics have rarely been in a long time because it's so ultra dark and serious, like nonstop. Yeah, like, that's why I, I don't know, Cer- certain Bat- Batman comics will come out and it's like, oh, this is such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like, uh, I really enjoyed, I think it was Detective Comics, but. It didn't have Batman in it. It was like Batwoman. Yeah, Batwoman took over the title for a little while. And she like had a team of like her own like Gotham characters. Like it was Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown. Oh no, that was um when they did the rebirth. Uh it was like a bat bat family team, which Batman put Batwoman in charge of. It had like Mm Clayface on the team, right? Is what you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, that was James Tiny. But before then, like, Detective Comics was just Batwoman's book for a while, where it's just, like, her solo book. That's what I thought you were bringing up. But yeah, I liked when the, the Detective Comics was, like, the team book. Yeah, like, I, I thought that was interesting and just, like, kind of something new that you don't really see. Like, Batman always has this cast of characters, but they rarely operate as a team. Yeah, and it was cool that they brought, like, Clayface into it. For sure. You know, because he's Uh, not necessarily, like, he didn't start out to be a criminal, you know? Yeah. 
I I also enjoyed uh like the Batgirl Burnside stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like when these characters get out of like their routine and comfort zone, which I feel like they experiment more with the non-Batman Batman characters. Like I feel like because Batman's such a cash cow, they kind of have to keep him the same. Yeah, I would love to have a like a Batman series that kind of got back to like the Silver Age insanity of Batman. That would be fun without it being the Grant Morrison run. Yeah, and I mean the Grant Morrison run was fun from what I've read of it. I I didn't like it, but that's me. I also don't. Well, so it took Dick Grayson to make me start liking Damien, who came from the Grant Morrison run. Because I really like their dynamic as Batman and Robin, where the Batman's kind of the more lighthearted, fun one, and the Robin is like ultra serious, you know? Yeah, that's a great dynamic. And it was such a natural thing in like the wake of, you know, Bruce Wayne's supposed death, that, that that's kind of what would happen. But... It takes like other characters to make me like Damian Wayne. I really liked uh, Super Sons with him and John Kent, Superman's son. Like being yeah, a team. That's a, that's a book getting... I wanted to check out, but never did. Oh man. John John Kent was one of the great DC characters for a long time. Like then Bendis took over and like aged him up. Like it's not so bad now. Like they're able to explore like new things, but I liked them better when they were like kids. Yeah, I I feel like he barely got to be around. Before That's part of the problem, Leia. Like it's up. like he, he was only around for like two or three years, and then they changed his character. Yeah, but, it seems like a waste to me, but I don't know. Too. That's also why I don't really read mainstream comics. Yeah, it's hard to avoid them. Well, especially for me because I have a comic book store, but. Yeah, but I'm always like interested and I'll see things going on. I don't I've been thinking about like you know just getting the DC app for a month or two and just binge reading and then canceling and then doing the same with the Marvel app. Yeah, just I think to, like, you find a lot of good stuff that way. Cuz Marvel has some good stuff too. Just Marvel in my opinion gets drowned out by like constant events and crossover things but we're getting way off topic yeah who are we talking about catwoman she died yeah uh batman says oh well they say cats have nine lives and kind of just brush that over brushes the whole thing off i think they forgot she's not really a cat and women have one life yeah, well, it kind of fits into the uh, Batman Returns version of the character. Yeah. Back at Wayne Manor, Alfred is uh, helping Dick in a game of chess against Bruce, but Bruce comes out victorious regardless. Yeah. Uh, and in the background, we hear Aunt Harriet scolding someone and it turns out to be Catwoman's cat. Yeah, it's like stealing stuff. Yeah, it stole uh, Bruce's lobster that he was going to have for dinner. Yeah. And I thought uh, this was funny because we talk about how they rehabilitate people. It's like they're even rehabilitating the cat. Yeah, I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. Cat rehabilitation sponsored by the wayne foundation uh and that's that's the end of our catwoman story yeah what, uh, did, what you did you think? think yeah uh i liked it um i feel like it kind of the second half let me down not that it was bad but like it just kind of wraps up real fast in a not yes. very like satisfying way uh i i agree and i kind of think like, I know there was no way for them to do it, but this story would have benefited from, from maybe a third episode. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, 
I think like a Goonies, not that Goonies was around to inspire anything, but like I was expecting something like that. But I think instead of having the weird Robin like death trap thing and then that being like our action scene, I think if they were able to somehow move like not necessarily like that location or scene, but like a big brawl to the end, I think would have helped. Because narratively, that didn't do all that much, and we spent a lot of time there. Same thing with the catacombs. Yeah. Yeah, like they were fun action pieces. Yeah, but... like don't don't misunderstand me. I do enjoy them, but yeah, they didn't really add much to the the story. Where if they added like some more of a punch to the end, I think that would have been helped. Like I would have enjoyed enjoyed this more. Yeah, I like, I like the first that woman just kind of sets herself up for failure. Yeah, and then falls to her death. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like like so it's not even like Batman really gets a win, you know? Because they didn't recover the jewels because they went down a chasm with her. Yeah, it's just all uh, the threat is over for now. Yeah. So uh, I guess we should rate Catwoman's scheme. So I think it was a pretty good scheme. I think she made a couple fatal flaws, okay. as they all do. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess just kind of voluntarily involving the police and therefore Batman. I think she set herself up. Yeah, if she didn't give that clue to the beginning, like, I mean, the, Batman probably would have figured out it was Catwoman because it was like a burglary thing with a cat statue, but it wouldn't have sent him right at her. Yeah, and at least not right at the second cat statue. Yeah, it's not like Batman showing up there was part of her plan. Like, it kind of was. She wanted to get them out of the way, but she's the one who kind of... Like, brought them into the way. Yeah. And, like, I guess they would have shown up eventually, right? But Yeah. If she just did everything she needed to do, like, quick and efficiently, and then even just, like, returned the statues, or just, like, left them at the fur company... I mean, she did leave them there. But, like, without bringing Batman and Robin there. Yeah. But instead, like, she brings them in. She's, like, letting on all these hints about, like, oh, this isn't what I'm really up to. Or even, like, get the two cats and then send Felix and Leo, who... You've double-crossed anyway. Just be like, all right, like, you guys go sell them. And, like, send Batman and Robin chasing them while she goes and just finds the treasure. Well, she didn't know that about the atomic, like, tracer. Yeah, I guess you're right. But even so, like, she brought that on herself. Yeah. But he's like, hey, I'm going to steal this thing. And then, like, they go get it. And I mean, yeah, other than Batman showing up at the end, like, her plan worked. She got to the jewels that she wanted. She did. She did. So, yeah, I'm, I'm between, I'm thinking a two, but what do you think? I'm comfortable with a two. All right. Let's do. She did have Batman and Robin, like, pretty dead to rights for a minute a lot yeah like if she wasn't toying with them yeah if she wasn't playing like cat and mouse you know yeah her sadistic urge to just be a cat yeah (laughs) is her undoing yeah uh yeah Overall, I had a, a fun time with Catwoman. I'm excited to see her again. Yeah, it wasn't 
my favorite episodes wasn't anywhere near my least favorite like it's kind of like right in the middle for the episodes we've seen so far in terms of like overall enjoyment for me yeah i i agree i'm excited to see what she has to offer yeah i know they go back to the catwoman well a lot in the future which is fine she's one of batman's like main villains just in general yeah and and you compared her to a bond villain and i i like that take on her yeah, I didn't even think about like with it being like Blofeld and like stroking a cat. She didn't really do that <laughs> this yet. I'm pretty sure Eartha Kit does that a bunch. Good. Probably yeah, bo- in yeah, reaction bond, to that. Yeah, the Bond stuff should have been like would have started up by now because that started in the 60s. Didn't that also start in 66? The the film franchise? I think so. maybe. I just know it was it started in the 60s. Let's see. Doctor No. Oh no, it was 62. Yeah, so I was pretty sure it was earlier than that. Yeah. Doctor No. Great movie. Anyway. It's so long since I've seen the old Bond movies. I used to watch them a lot when I was a kid. I hated them as a kid. Really? And I loved them. Like in my 20s, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. But I, I think just compared to a lot of other media as a kid, like I also didn't have any like adult who like enjoyed them. Yeah. So they would just like be on and I'd be like, all right, here's uh Roger Moore. He's going sk- I feel like whenever I turned it on, like Roger Moore was skiing. Yeah. I know exactly what scene you're talking about. <laughs> Is it does he ski in more than one movie? That's what it felt like as a I kid. think that's Her Majesty's Secret Service. I don't remember. I don't ask you to remember things, but like you didn't even play like Goldeneye and stuff when we were kids. I, I didn't have N64. You didn't have Nintendo 64? I thought you did. No, I sure didn't. Okay. Uh, I did play a little Goldeneye. Uh I was more of a perfect dark kid. Alright, you're one of those. Uh but Goldeneye the movie, uh, so boring to me. It is that funny. Last the... time I watched it, I fell asleep pretty quickly into it, but I was pretty jet lagged. Yeah, I just like I remember it was after the game came out. Yeah. Uh, like well after the game came out, I feel like, but yes, I just watched it with our uh, mutual friend Kevin. Yeah. And yeah, I was just terribly bored by the whole thing. Well, see, the reason I even picked up the game when we were kids is because my brother and I used to watch the James Bond movies. Like, oh, a James Bond game. So, yeah, I think if I would have seen the Sean Connery ones when I was younger, maybe because those are the ones I really enjoy now. Yeah, they're the the goofy, campy ones. Like Sean Connery and Daniel Craig ones, I think are great. Yeah, I think. Did you see? Did we see Casino Royale together? I know I saw it in theaters. Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I loved that movie in theaters. Uh, Skyfall was also really good. Skyfall is great. Yeah. Yeah. The other um, Daniel Craig ones, I can't say are that are on the same level as those two, but no, yeah, those two are incredible. Uh, yeah. The others. But it's the same thing with Batman. Like, there's you can take them like a more serious route, or you can go really goofy, and like they're both valid directions to go. And I can enjoy them equally for different reasons. Yeah, because like, but uh, is awesome, you know. Oh, Goldfinger is so awesome. Yeah, I think my favorites are Doctor No and From Russia with Love, though. From Russia with Love is good. It's got the jetpack scene in the beginning. Yeah. I love I love Moonraker just because it's James Bond goes to the moon. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Uh, I I need to give the Roger Moore ones a chance. The Roger Moore ones I think are underrated. Those those are the ones that were always on TV when I was a kid, and I didn't like them then, and I have not given them another shot. Yeah, but Maybe we'll do a James Bond uh, episode at some point. Yeah, yeah, which which movie came out in the span of this show, you know? Yeah, we'll have to look that up. Cool. 
Well, uh, yeah. Who do we got next, Scott? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Let's take a look. I think it's Penguin next, isn't it? It feels like. Uh, oh no! Wait, I think it's. I think it's Bookworm. Yeah, next episode's Penguin Goes Straight. So I'm pretty excited. This is one of the ones I remember. Cool. I'm. I'm also excited. Also, you know, I like the penguin. So. Yeah. Oh, this penguin is so good. Yeah. I kind of like the penguin in basically in almost every iteration, but this is my favorite version of him. See, I'm 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 a lot tougher. I really like Danny DeVito's penguin. Oh, excuse me. I really like Danny DeVito's penguin. Mm-hmm. And I like Burgess Meredith's penguin. I'll be on that. He's not my favorite. Okay. I I like him more when he's like like a supplementary. Not the character. main, yeah, like a supporting villain. I think that I do think that is where Penguin kind of works best in in general Batman stories. Yeah. But like you remember the TV show The Batman? Penguin was pretty fun in that. He uh, yeah, I like that version of the Penguin too. Dang. Yeah, he was a lot of fun in that. Okay, like these two ninja ladies. I'm thinking in the, well, and in that show, he had like this like history with the Pennyworths. And I thought that was like a lot of fun. That's a fun like to bring Alfred into it. Yeah, exactly. Bring Alfred more into the stories and stuff. Um, But yeah, like. He has episodes in like Batman the Animated Series I really like, but he's just the villain. He's not really like driving the plot. Like the one where like the kid has Batman in his basement or something or no, what is it? It's he doesn't have Batman in his basement. What is it? He finds so it's like a cold open with Batman chasing the penguin. And the kid, like, finds something. Mm-hmm. Is it Batman? I think he, like, nurses Batman to health in his basement or something. I don't remember this one. There's, like, it's like an early Penguin episode. He, like, finds the Batmobile and, like, covers it, like, hides it in behind these garbage cans. I don't know. But, like... Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is, like, Penguin isn't the focal point of those episodes. Yeah. Because, like, isn't he also the one who finds the garage where they fix the Batmobile? Maybe that's what it was. There's, there, But there's, like, a few... Penguin's in a bunch of episodes, but yeah, he's usually, like, an end to the mean. He usually just represents more, like, organized crime stuff. So he's more, yeah. like... You can shake him down, or you know, he's got his. The comics don't do. Yeah, the comics I've read with him like don't do him justice, really. Yeah, I know he's more of like a main villain in like the GCPD whenever they focus on the cops and stuff, which is fine. Yeah, but I don't know. I saw about the penguin, and like he's disgusting, like as a person, and like doesn't apologize for it, or he's like. I don't know. I kind of enjoy that. But anyway, yeah. we'll talk more about the penguin when we get to the penguin again. Yeah, we'll we'll see you next week with him. Uh yeah. same backcast time, same backcast channel. All right, see ya.